Thank you for tuning in to the all-new Sports Matters show here at KUCI in Irvine. And we're so glad to have you today and getting the new year started off on the right foot here. You could also uh, blog with us at blog.sportsmattersradio.com. Again, that's blog.sportsmattersradio.com. And you can also rehear the podcast. As our last week's special guest, Steph, also had a nice opportunity for the UCI students. So you can contact me here at the radio station or you can contact me through the blog site about a possible internship with Fender. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. I didn't I didn't have Matt on there. Matt is back this week. Matt, how was your holidays? Oh, it was beautiful. Loved it. Got to see family. Uh, shout out to the number one fan, my grandma Phyllis. She's always listening. She always texts me after the show, so shout out. Excellent. Did you attend any sporting events while you were up there? I did. I went to the uh, Warriors versus Raptors game, and that was a lot of fun. Wow. Oh, yeah. How was the energy in that building? Oh, it's always great. It's always a fantastic arena to go to. It's kind of interesting to see how the Oakland fans are going to still support them when they go across the bay. They're opening up a new stadium. I think they have groundbreaking sometime this month, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Nice. It's almost about the same timing as the groundbreaking of the new Ram Stadium. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a nice arena. It's going to be one of the best out there, that's for sure. It's going to rival Jerry World. Let's get into the NCAA football because I know there was a lot of bowl games these past couple of weeks, and there's not really but one game that really stuck out to me, and it had to have been the game last night, the Rose Bowl. No, the Rose Bowl was a great game. I mean, in general, you had USC down by pretty good margin going into the third. I think it was 14 points, come back to win. The one problem that I had with Penn State is the play calling at the end of the game. The last two plays that they threw, they try to throw deep balls when they have the game tied. Um, and one of them gets picked because they go to the same person in the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they went back to the same well that didn't work the first time. And that nearly it, got picked that off. That nearly got picked off, too. I was like, why? You you have a tie game. Take it into overtime. I said the, Rose the same Bowl. thing. And I, I just was like, why? I really thought that Todd McSorley was going to be one of those guys in the draft. It's like, oh, he's, no one's really, everyone's sleeping on him. And now I understand why everyone is sleeping on him. You can't do that. I mean, maybe it's a little bit of the offensive coordinator's fault, but at the end of the game, Penn State did not call good plays, that's for sure. But and I USC think, took advantage. I think what the thought of that particular play was, okay, they tried the first time, and maybe they liked what they saw, but they didn't, they didn't see the safety actually nearly picked it off that first time. And then they went right back, like you said, went right back to the well and just thought, you know what, the receiver he can make a big play. You know, we can trust him. So let's just throw it up and he'll go get it. And sure enough, the safety just picked it right off. Yeah. It was a very exciting game. Of course, it was almost like a track meet at times. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, Sam Darnold, well, I tell you, a redshirt freshman, and look what he's done since he started. I mean, this guy is, unbelievable. Is, yeah, has got an unbelievable ceiling, you know, to reach. But man, he is really growing. And I mean, threw for almost 500 yards, five touchdowns, five yeah. touchdowns is a pretty impressive mark right yeah. there. Absolutely, especially in the Rose Bowl. Is that a record? or is that uh, I don't it think it's a be. record, but it's up know. there. It's, it's definitely up there. up there, yeah. How about the championship game? The championship Ooh. matchup. First of all, I did not see this coming. I didn't see Clemson just dominating Ohio State like they did. I really thought Ohio State was going to win the game, but wow, Clemson proved me wrong, and Clemson is on a mission, I tell you. Yeah, going into it, I was thinking Ohio State is the better team, but coming out of it, I was like, okay, I understand why Clemson has all this coverage about them and why they were the number two team pretty much the whole year, and they're going to play Alabama. I've been saying it all year, I don't think anyone's going to beat this team. I really don't. And I don't Well, think I'm going to be your antithesis. Yeah. I'm going with Clemson, I, I, and I'll tell you why. They've been flying on the radar pretty much all year, because we haven't really talked too much about them 
I remember beginning of the year, we were really high on Louisville to Lamar Jackson. Obviously, he won the Heisman Trophy and what a tremendous athlete he is. And he's, you know, got a lot of growing to do. But Deshaun Watson from a year ago, his just seems like his decision making is so much better. When you see him at a press conferences, he's so well spoken, very humble. But you can see in his eyes, they're, they're focused. They only have one goal, get back to the championship. And of course, it's even sweeter that they're going to rematch Alabama. And yes, it's a tall task. Alabama's defense is great, as you know. They got the top scoring defense, a top scoring defense. And it's going to be a tremendous challenge. But I think Clemson can do it. Yeah, you know, Clemson is a good team. But the thing is, is that Alabama defense on the defensive line, the three defensive linemen that they have are all first round pick. That just shows you how talented they are. And you know what? I don't think anyone beats Alabama this year. Even with Steve Sarkeesian doing the play calls, which, you know, there's been a lot of guff. I guess that's the word, you know, kind of, you know, some uh, scuff marks around that but we'll see how that works out I know that he's never really has been that good of a play caller I think he'll end up getting the job done and uh being a decent offensive coordinator under Saban because Saban is the uh big intelligent guy in college football right now I mean He's going five, going on six national championship potentially, which, I mean, that's the mark that Bear Bryant won with six national oh, championships. So yeah, that'll be an interesting kind of debate going into it. But yeah, you, you just got to credit Nick Saban. Absolutely. You think about Bear Bryant. I mean, he's he's like a god in Alabama. Mm-hmm. But now you got Nick Saban. He wins his championship now. He's going to pass Bear Bryant. He's going to put him at a whole new level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing what he has done since he's been to Alabama. I mean, to see this in our time. We weren't really around when Bear Bryant's time. But seeing it in our time, it's pretty amazing. Even though a lot of people don't like Nick Saban, I don't know him personally, so I can't judge if I like him or not. Well, a lot uh, of people don't like him because he kind of quit on a team. He quit on the Dolphins after four games. He was just like, I don't want to coach them anymore after going 0-4. He's like, I quit. He signs that lucrative deal with Alabama, and everyone's like, oh. And then it turns out to be the greatest move a coach has ever made. I think he's an amazing football coach who's very intelligent and gifted. But here's one thing that really stuck out to me from the Alabama-Washington game. It's sportsmanship. And it's at the very beginning of the game when they did the coin toss. Didn't and shake hands. They didn't shake hands. And I just felt that was kind of rude and disrespectful. Okay, we're going to war, but still, you shake the opponent's hands. You're on national TV. You got millions of people watching. I spoke to a high school referee that was talking to me about that, and he says, you know, in high school, they actually throw a flag for that. They get a 15-yard penalty, and then the four guys that come up that refuse to shake hands all get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. And I'm definitely all for sportsmanship. I think that's a great idea, and they should implement that into the college and professional game because, you know, that's the one thing that drives me up the wall is not good sports. Sportsmanship. Back in eighth grade, I got lucky enough to win the sportsmanship award. Big proponent of that. Yes. No, that's that's an amazing achievement. But uh, I just really believe that you got to show respect to your opponent. Once once the clock starts, then it's then it's war. It's game on. Then you can do as you wish. Mm-hmm, I agree. <laughs> and then at the end of the game, you got to shake hands. At the end of the day, life goes on. The sun's gonna come up in the morning, and you know, sports does matter. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And moving on into the NFL, we got some great, great matchups coming up this weekend. One of the first games will be on Saturday is Raiders at Texans. Ooh, this is an interesting matchup because both of these teams are going to be struggling at the quarterback position. They benched Brock Osweiler, the Texans quarterback, in favor of Tom Savage, and Tom Savage gets a concussion in the last game of the year. So we'll see if he's able to play. There'll be an interesting kind of thing as the run-up of the week continues. The big story here is the Raiders, Derek Carr, breaking his leg. 
Yes. Uh, it was terrible because they had such a great year. I think the Raiders end up winning with that strong defense, but I don't I don't see them beating the likes of uh, the different teams. It's going to be a close game, but I think the Raiders can pull it off. So the next matchup, Saturday evening, is Lions at the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, that's a good game, too. I don't think, you know, the Lions coming into it are looked at as a, a tough team to play, but they definitely are. Like the way that they played this year, Matthew Stafford has – been getting some recognition in the MVP talks because of the season that he's had. So it'll be interesting to see. I think the Seattle Seahawks defense is too much to overcome for that. And Seattle's just a winning franchise. They just they understand how to win. So I think they end up beating the Lions um, in that game. Well, and, and you on. also got to factor in the 12th man. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that that really helps out. That's a loud stadium. It's yeah, one of the loudest it is, outdoor it's designed, stadiums. It's designed to be loud too, which exactly. is like the most incredible part about it. So yeah, kudos to the stadium maker there, making it difficult on opposing teams. It's about as loud as it does at Oracle Arena, doesn't oh, it? <laughs> no, I think it gets louder. There's then, more people in it. And then next up, there's a rematch from earlier in the year that uh, when the Dolphins defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now it is yeah. wild card time. It's playoff time, and I'm telling you what, I don't care if Ryan Tannehill's playing or not. The Steelers are taking this game. You think so? I I do. They rested all their good guys, Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. Those are the big guns. And Roethlisberger, he's seasoned. He's won two Super Bowls, been to three Super Bowls. Knows what to expect in a postseason. Yeah. That one run they had in 2005, they were all on the road, and they won every single one. Pittsburgh Steelers, to me, is like, I, I call it my dark horse team. I think that's the team that, that can actually can defeat New England. That's the one team that's not scared to go into New England. It's like, great, we're in Foxborough. It's a very, very tough place to play, very tough place to win. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers can do it. Well, it comes down to <laughs> defense in the playoffs, you know. Defense wins championships, that old adage. I haven't been that thrilled with the uh, Steelers' defense this year, but I think the offensive weapons that they have will definitely give them problems. And they could be it will be a great game if they end up moving on past. Like, I'm not going to sleep on Miami. They could definitely win that game. They have a great secondary. It comes up big, and then you, you never know what happens like until you play it. But uh, if they end up getting matched up with the different teams, I think that the defense is going to be the biggest struggle for Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, we'll see. Definitely. I know Pittsburgh's not sleeping on anybody. But I know they do raise their level of play. They still got James Harrison, their leader on the defensive end. Of course, I've named all the big stars on the Pittsburgh offensive side. Mm-hmm. And, and plus, one another guy that's been coming along pretty good is that Ladarius Green, the big tight end again yeah. from San Diego Chargers. He's another one, like a nice security blanket for Ben Roethlisberger. And plus, you know, now when you, when you add all these guys in, they definitely got the firepower. Because they were supposed to be the, the leading offense of the year, not the Atlanta Falcons. Who would have thought the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> would be running the explosive offense they have? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of Matt Ryan, you know. That guy, he's very not credited for being like one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, but he definitely is on a year-to-year basis. He's done so much for the Atlanta Falcons. They have never had a good running game when he's been there. They really haven't. So it's, it's kind of good to see him having the numbers that he's had this year. And getting back to the Pittsburgh Steelers, yes, you got Le'Veon Bell, but D'Angelo Williams, you know, they warmed him up in the last game. So The fact that they have D'Angelo Williams backing up, pretty incredible and shows how good the Steelers' offense really is. And it's being played in Pittsburgh. This is the time of year. This is where Smash Mouth football is what Pittsburgh's known for. It's that ground and pound, throw the deep ball, and the defense is definitely going to rise up. I don't count out the I Steelers. Don't, you I've, can't, yeah, the Steelers, yeah. you can't count, count out any team in the yeah. NFL. It, there's but so many Especially the Steelers. I do yeah. not count out the Steelers. Uh-uh. I think that's the one team that can easily get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Not 
not easily, but I think they can fight their way to the Super Bowl. They've done it before. And Adama sues down there in the defensive line for Miami. It'll be an interesting matchup, but I think the Steelers, I mean, that's the most cakewalk game that you have out of the four in the opening round of the NFL. And then the schedule makers did it just right. The best game, I think, probably be of the weekend is uh, New York Giants at the Green Bay Packers. Oh, I love wow. this matchup so much. Oh, This is a definitely a couch-worthy moment right the there. The hottest you know? team. The Green Bay Packers versus the New York Giants where Eli Manning just turns into a different man in the postseason. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers. Let's not forget about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no. Either. Aaron Rodgers is a stud. Period. He is a stud. A possible MVP candidate as well. I'm not even knocking him. I'm just saying Eli Manning in the regular season, yeah, so-so, you know, does pretty well, puts up some decent numbers, does make a lot of mistakes, but in the postseason, Comes he, alive. Just, he just steps up his game. Yeah, and you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is kind of the same way, which is why this makes this such a great matchup. Um, you look at it, they when they were, I forget the record, but they had a losing record, and he said, we're going to run the table. And they ran the table, and he did it by not throwing picks, and he did it by not, you know, turning over the ball. And, and it, somehow, the miraculously, his calf injury just, you know, went poof, and he's now, you know, healthy he, he again. He took I that could, team. He, he's a true leader. He took that team on his shoulders, and all the criticism that he was facing early on, I thought was kind of okay. It was, yeah, it was misled, you know. Was, exactly. You have no exactly. idea what's like going on with him personally because he's such a big kind of guy for that team. And you look at him and Jordy Nelson and the connection that they have. They needed that this whole year, and they have the emergence had that. of Jared yeah. Cook. Yeah, Jared Cook too. You know, yeah, getting healthy, so he has all his weapons. He's got every weapon. He's got ready every, to go. Any, I mean, the wide receivers that he has are just all giants. You know, I mean, Jordy Nelson is something like he's at least six feet tall. But you got Devonte Adams who's a massive guy, like, running down the field. And you look at all the they, – they stuck one of the wide receivers that they couldn't play as their running back, Ty Montgomery. That shows you how much depth they have at wide receiver and how much they care about that position. So, honestly, I think that they're doing a really good job. I think they found this kid, Ashley, an undrafted free agent, <clears throat> which is – he's been, had an unbelievable year this year. Um, and he's one of those guys where you looked at him in the combine and he's not even in there. He's like, no one's discussing him. And then the Packers bring him in. They just have all these guys that do that. And they have guys on the defensive team that do that as well. So it's it's very interesting. Whoever's their talent scout for the Packers, you know, I'm giving him a big compliment. But that's not the big knock on the New York Giants. I think Ben McAdoo has been, had a great year this year. The Giants are a great team. They run the ball well. They have an excellent wide receiving core as well. I mean, you got the two big stars in Victor Cruz and uh, PJ, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> I always no, get that right. acronym mixed up. You're right. And the Giants, that's another dark horse team. But I tell you, man, it's going to be a great, great match. So who do you have? You got the Giants? Ooh, I'm going with the hot team. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think I got to go with Aaron Rodgers, too. You know, the 6-0 and to end out the year. And he, did, he didn't even throw a single pick in those six games. And, and to give out a, a nice closing uh, to the Los Angeles Rams season, obviously it wasn't a great game. I, I think they just kind of mailed it in. As far as the coaching candidates, I've been hearing quite a bit about Kyle Shanahan. I think it might be a great fit for the Rams. Yeah, he's been interviewing for a couple different teams. It'll be interesting to see. I have no idea who the Rams are going to hire. I th- uh, offensive-minded coach, it seems like they're interviewing Josh McDaniels, Kyle Shanahan. I yeah. think he'd be the great fit. They're, and that's, that's smarter than to do that, right? to get an offensive coach, because their offense was so bad this year. But 
Yeah, and not have such the big name coach. He did that with Jeff Fisher, and the defense is phenomenal because mm-hmm. of Jeff Fisher. They built up that great defense, but now but that's the premier job right now. That's the premier job yes. opening. I know the 49ers just opened up their job opening, but right now that's the premier job because you look at the two sides. I mean, the 49ers are still a work in progress. Like they they have their own issues. Uh, I'm not going to go into them, but the Rams have their own issues, obviously. But I think they have less issues in terms of the roster that they have. Absolutely, you still got a great defense, special teams. Just got to get that offense going, and you know, new season. It changes the whole perspective. Get a new coach in there, change the culture a little bit. Let's get some high flyers in there. Did you know what's going on tomorrow? What is going on tomorrow? UCI Anteaters are playing the Long Beach State. No, I mean, the UCI men's have uh, now won two in a row. They've destroyed Life Pacific. And guess who's back? Who? They, they destroyed Life Pacific 101-43, to and Luke Nelson made Luke his season Nelson. debut, scoring 16 points. And I'm sure Jaron's so happy to have him back in the backcourt. Yeah, I would be too. Finally, the Anteaters are full strength, getting ready for this Big West Conference game but tomorrow night. That's going to be a great game for two reasons. Both of these teams have played difficult teams. Like, you look at the schedule for Long Beach State, they played Louisville, they played UCLA, they played a lot of good teams, and same with UCI. So that's why this is going to be one of the better matchups is going to happen. Absolutely. I mean, UCI played Arizona, St. Mary's, you know, some other big schools. So, yeah, it's going to be a great, great matchup. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for it. Also, for the women's, I want to give a shout-out to Andy Ritter, uh, scoring 21 points. And she led, you know, her team to one of their biggest victories of the the year over Concordia, 92-61, to snapping their losing streak. So, we're starting to see the development of the women's. But I tell you what, I mean, what a game. Finally, they put it together to play in both ends of the floor. It seems like they're getting that zone defense down. They're getting a man-to-man defense down, but their offense is clicking. And they're starting off really well in their Big Western uh, Conference as well. So, What's you know, that, wh- Where are they at in the standings? They won the first game in the Big West Conference. <laughs> Why did that? Right, okay. right. <laughs> but, <laughs> just off to a slow start, but yeah. it's just a steady progression. Sometimes a record doesn't reflect on how you're, how you're growing and how you're progressing with right. the new coach. But I'll tell you what, they're heading in the right direction. They're competitive. They're exciting to watch. They're going to be playing uh, here Thursday. So defend the Bren. Defend the Bren. That's, yeah, that's the mantra on this Tomorrow, show. defend the Bren. <laughs> but also the men's volleyball team, ranked number eight in the country, got off and swept Concordia. So they're 1-0. And they got a busy week this week as well. You know, they, they got a couple of teams coming into the Bren. Uh, they got Fort Wayne, UC San Diego. UC San Diego is good at volleyball. Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon There's University. A- that, well, speaking of college basketball, the Grand Canyon's program is is one of the up-and-coming ones. I and mean, they're like a new university. It's kind of interesting how they did it. Like but this it. is men's volleyball. Oh, I know. I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying yeah. in basketball. They have a basketball program, too? I yeah, didn't know they, that. They, yeah, and they've been playing like Duke and all this different teams. Really? And, and they've been giving wow. them good runs. Like they lost by 10 to Duke, and it was a close game throughout the whole thing. So they, that's one up-and-coming program in sports in general to look out for is that Grand Canyon University. They put a lot of money into those programs. So that's a good volleyball matchup for them, definitely, to come to UCI and play such a great team. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's great for them. So I've um, got to give us, you know, a shout out to this the is, enemy, you know. This is a great time to be an anteater sports fan. You, oh, know, you got know. both. Uh, now the Big West Conference for both basketball teams has started up. So now this is where it gets good. And oh, the yeah. men's volleyball team starting up as well. So there's a lot going on. So I want to see y'all down here at the Bren mm-hmm. for volleyball, for women's basketball, for men's basketball. We need the support so we can help them defend the Bren. Defend the Bren. So, Matt, give me a ducks up.
update. Ah, the Ducks struggled at the end of 2016. Tough times, tough times, but it's okay. They opened up 2017 with a victory, which I'm very proud of. A 4-3 victory in overtime, a shootout. It was a very hard-fought game, and you know, lots of fights. And I think this is they're starting to, you know, look like the Randy Carlisle team, the tough guys. Yes. So that's what I'm excited about. They play the Red Wings tomorrow at 7:30. Should be a great matchup because they they beat us on their home ice so go ducks it, it takes time it takes time to come together but they're coming together they're coming and, together they and, gotta, and really the season starts now it usually starts when the winter classic i feel you know yeah, just like basketball was, starts on christmas did you end Day. up watching the winter classic at all i didn't get a chance i always try to watch it every year but i was extremely busy uh, but uh it was there was the biggest just you know head down like oh geez it was bob costas yesterday when he was introducing nelly what an amazing human what an amazing human being, but uh, he just, you know, he can't be perfect all the time, you know. I love Bob Costas, though. Yeah. Great guy. Well, thank you for tuning in to Sports Matters. And once again, you can reach us on our blog, blog.sportsmattersradio.com. And, uh, you know, sh- give us, give Matt and I a shout out. And uh, until then, all sports matters. Yeah, we got some jazzy tunes to, you know, go out to. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest of your day.